Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. Today is February 27th, 2019. My name is Bethan Caramello, and I am so glad you're here. We are over halfway through our current series called Lord, Teach Us How to Pray. This is the request that his own disciples made of Jesus so long ago, and it's one I think so many of us, we still ask today. You know, how we, we're asking ourselves, we're asking God, how do I pray? I don't know what to say. Can I do this wrong? Is there a right way to pray? Well, Jesus answered their request with what is now um, so commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Okay. We have been studying the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 26. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. Um, we have been breaking it down verse by verse. Okay. I want to start here for us in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start with verse 9. It says, This then is how you should pray. And this is Jesus talking here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And then our verse for today is verse 12 right here. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Some versions say, forgive us our trespasses as we uh, forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. So different versions, different word, same meaning. Okay. So as we've been breaking this down, we saw in verse nine where Jesus says, hallowed be your name. That's how he starts his prayer, starting our prayers with praise, right? Remembering that we're approaching a holy God, that we are sinful creatures coming before a holy God and remembering who he is and what he's done and how he saved us and how he's delivered us, all the different things over our, the course of our lives. And, and the most important one, right? that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. We remember that. We remember that we're approaching our creator. We are the creation. And we come before him, we praise. Then verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done. We talked about um, the surrender involved there, right? And then um, our last episode, uh, verse 11, give us today our daily bread. We talked about um, how Christ is pointing us toward trust in that verse, to trust in God's provision, to trust Him to provide for our physical needs and our spiritual needs. Okay? Today, in verse 12, it's a doozy. I get it. I I totally I, I, I know what we're facing here. Um, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will just move through me so that um, I can even come close to doing this verse justice because it it's big and it's hard. Um, forgiveness, right? Forgiveness, it's a hard topic, especially because today we're going to see that it's not one-sided, okay? Forgiveness, um, we're going to study a little bit more today. It's it's twofold. It's two parts here. Jesus says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. The forgiveness of others and the repentance for our own sins are tied together, according to Jesus right here. He says, come to God saying, Lord, forgive me. For dot, 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 fill in the blank, any 
number of things. Every day I come to him with multiple things. That's our confession. That's our repentant heart. But the other side to this coin is, Lord, I have for, I have forgiven the wrongs that have been done to me. So Lord, I know you choose to forgive me. Lord, I also choose to forgive who or what? I for I choose to forgive so and so. Do you guys see that? Um, we're gonna we're gonna unpack it just a little bit more. I want us to look in the book of Leviticus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're gonna be in Leviticus chapter five. I just want to give you guys a little bit of history here um, before we um, go any further, so we kind of all know we're all on the same page. Leviticus chapter five, verses five through ten, and I usually read from the NIV, but. Um, Right here, I want to. I really like the wording in the NLT, so I'm going to be reading from the NLT version of the Bible. Okay, verse 5, it says, When you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. Then you must bring to the Lord as the penalty for your sin a female from the flock, either a sheep or a goat. This is a sin offering with which the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right before the Lord. But if you cannot afford to bring a sheep, you may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as the penalty for your sin. The other, let's see, one of the birds will be for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. You must bring them to the priest who will present the first bird as the sin offering. He will wring its neck, but without severing its head from the body. Then he will sprinkle the sides of um, some of the blood of the sin offering against the sides of the altar and the rest of the blood will be drained out at the base of the altar. This is an offering for sin. The priest will then prepare the second bird as a burnt offering. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. You guys, I want you to hang, hang in there with me. Um, verse 10, following all the procedures that have been prescribed through this process, the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord and you will be forgiven. Okay, so as Jesus is talking to these disciples about forgiveness, asking God to forgive them, and then also forgiving other people for their sins, they would have known the size of their request here, okay? the In order for the Israelites to have been forgiven prior to Christ, they were constantly having to go to the temple with a sin offering, depending on their wealth, either a, a goat or a sheep, if they had the money. If they didn't have the money for that, they were to take two birds, which is what we just read about. And then the priests would do that a certain way. If they didn't have money for birds, they were to take flour. And it went on and on and on and on their entire lives, okay? The law, um, the Israelites had been trying to follow for hundreds and hundreds of years. This was familiar to them. So the idea of seeking forgiveness from God was familiar, but it was very, very burdensome. It was a heavy yoke. It was something that they they had to do over and over and over again, and they were never through doing it, right? It never stuck. No matter how hard they tried, they were always sinning. They were always back at that altar. Who can relate, right? <laughs> I'm right there. 
So now Jesus has come on the scene and he turned things upside down all over the place, especially when it had to do with the law and the Pharisees and the way that they were following the law. Okay. Jesus didn't cancel the law. He fulfilled it. Okay. He says, I have something better. And he's trying to teach them that he was going, what we now know, right? He was going to be the final perfect sacrifice needed to pay the penalty for all of our sin, all the sin previously before him and all the sin that was yet to happen. He paid that price. He bridged the gap between us and God, a holy God who cannot touch or tolerate sin. Okay. Remember, he he came to turn things upside down. The Israelites at this point and, and the disciples whom he's speaking to, they are used to this idea of seeking forgiveness for their sins with this, this sin offering, going before the altar, going before the altar, going before the altar, never ending, okay? I want us to look, turn back just a couple pages in the book of Matthew, if you've got your Bible open, to Matthew chapter 5. It's two pages back in my Bible. I want to read verse 23 for us. It says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Do you see how these are tied together? So, that this gift at the altar, this sacrifice before God, that's what Jesus is speaking to here. And he says, that isn't enough anymore. You just asking for forgiveness for your sins and taking a sin offering, taking those two turtle doves, taking the, the lamb or the sheep, that's not enough. He says, if you're standing in front of the altar seeking forgiveness from God for your sins and you realize that there's somebody out there that you need to go seek forgiveness from that you've done wrong to, you settle that first and then come back here. You go do that hard work of asking for forgiveness first and then come back here and we'll work out the issue of your forgiveness for your sins. But Jesus says, not only do you need, not only do you need to lay your sin before God, but now you, you've also got to go seek forgiveness from others first. Okay, but that's not it. It's not just seek forgiveness because we also saw from our main verse in Matthew 6, 12, where we just were, that it's not just about seeking forgiveness for things that you've done wrong, things that we've wronged, ways that we've wronged other people, but it's also granting forgiveness to others as well, Right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive others who've sinned against us. Jesus turns their idea of confession and repentance upside down because Jesus, remember, this is key. Jesus isn't after the ceremony at the altar. That was the law. And, and, and he came to fulfill the law. He came, he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The law was heavy. Over 600 rules, guys, that they were supposed to follow nonstop without fail. The law was to point to Jesus that they would never, ever, ever be able to do it on their own. And so now Jesus comes, he says, I've got something better. 
I've got something better. And the type of forgiveness that you get from me is better. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. But he says, you've got to do the work in your heart to forgive others too. Jesus knows that once we've truly grasped the grace that's been given to us freely, right? The sin that God so willingly forgives inside each one of us. Jesus knows that if we really recognize that, if we really recognize how deep the pit of sin we were standing in was when God loved us out of it and saved our souls, that we'll also recognize we can't withhold forgiveness from someone else. We just can't. We've been forgiven so greatly The things other people have done to us don't even measure, they don't even compare to the sin that we cast on God, the sin that he's had to forgive us from, and the sacrifice he made of his son in order to do it. So he says, Jesus turns it upside down. He says, you go take care of that first. You forgive others, and you seek forgiveness, and you grant forgiveness, and then let's work out your forgiveness all of it all tied together because once we once we really get it that while we were still sinners Christ died for us right in Romans 5:8 that we were dead in our transgressions that's in Ephesians chapter 2 dead we were dead in our sin not just a little off so often i feel like we become complacent and casual about our sin because we're comparing ourselves to the world around us and so we're comparing our sin to other people's sins that we think are worse. But God doesn't apply a sliding scale to sin. To God, sin is sin. And we have been saved by grace. That's also Ephesians chapter 2. And so once we wrap our minds around that, once we wrap our minds around the love that God has for us and the forgiveness that He's granted us through no work of our own, saved by grace so that no man can boast, We also have to recognize that love keeps no record of wrongs, right? From 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. And he wants us to love like Christ. He's our role model, right? He's the one we're chasing after. He's the one we want to look like. He's the life that we're trying to, to, to emulate. Love like Christ. And love keeps no record of wrongs. And I think I think maybe our biggest problem, or at least one of them, <laughs> one of our biggest problems with forgiveness, with forgiving others who've wronged us, I think it's this concept of forgiveness and justice, okay? I think getting these two straight in our minds makes all the difference. I think so often we get it mixed up. We think that forgiving that person that wronged us it lets them off the hook for whatever they did to us. In our minds, forgiveness means that they got away with it. And you guys, it doesn't. Forgiveness is simply taking ourselves out of the equation, right? It's taking ourselves out of the judge's seat that wants to to see justice done, that wants to see them punished. And it, it puts God in the judge's seat. 
When we forgive, we are trusting God to deliver justice on our behalf. And honestly, I mean, it's freeing, really, if we think about it, because our ideas of justice are so small compared to His. Psalm 119 verse 42 says that God's justice is eternal. We can't even fathom that. I mean, we can't even wrap our minds around what eternal justice looks like, but it's promised. Every wrong to his children, he's going to deliver justice for it. Psalm 99.4 teaches us that God is a lover of justice and tells us that God establishes fairness. You guys, he's a fair God. He's a just God. We can forgive And we can trust Him to deliver justice on our behalf. Ultimately, it comes down to the fact that forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. I mean, we choose to forgive. It's not a feeling. I rarely feel like forgiving someone. It's a choice that we make. It involves action on our part, actively choosing to forgive. And right here, um, in still in the book of Matthew, just down at the end, right after Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer, uh, we're in verse 12, and then next week we're going to be talking through verse 13. But if you skip over 13 and go to verse 14, Matthew 5, verse 14, listen here to Jesus' words. He says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. He says this just following the Lord's Prayer. You guys, God's forgiveness is a gift. It's always right there. It's always available to us. All we have to do is ask for it. He wants us to to be as willing to grant forgiveness to those who've wronged us too, right? Because He wants our hearts. He knows that an unforgiving heart is a hard heart. It's a sad heart. An unforgiving heart is a heart that's not surrendered. It's a heart that doesn't trust Him. And we already established that back at verse 11. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We've already decided At this point in our prayers, we've decided to trust Him, right? So forgiveness is part of that, that trust, trusting Him to deliver justice. So I go to um, a a Moms in Prayer group. Um, I think that's a national organization called Moms in Prayer, and there's one that meets locally here near my children's schools, and so I go to that every Monday morning, and it's just an amazing time. I love it's an amazing way to start um, the week, praying over our children and praying over our schools. Um, and just to give you guys a little bit of how it works, so you'll know what I'm about, what I'm talking about here. Um, we focus on a different attribute of God every week. So um, the way we start is like, for example, if the, if we were focusing on God's faithfulness, then we would, um, there's printed out prayer sheets for us and the verses are already there through the organization. Um, and we would read a 
two, three, four verses that are printed out there. We would take turns looking them up and we would read verses about that attribute of God, about God's fairness. Okay. If we were reading about the fact that God is eternal, we would take turns reading three or four verses about God is eternal. Well, this past Monday, uh, it was the attribute was God is a father. And so we were reading different verses about God as a father. And while I was looking mine up, somebody else was reading theirs and it grabbed me in such a unique way. I just love how God's word is able to speak. The exact same verse is able to speak different things to us at different times. Something just jumped out at me while she was re- my friend was reading it. It's um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And in the verse, it talks about, uh, God says, you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You will be my sons and daughters. Remember, because we're focusing on the attribute of God, the Father. God is the Father. But as she read this verse, you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The part that jumped out at me was, says the Lord Almighty. And I thought, how often I just skip over parts like that? Declares the Lord, says the Lord Almighty. But what really jumped out at me there was, because I said so. There are certain things. We are his sons and daughters because he says so, right? Ephesians, um, I think it's in chapter one, talks about the fact that after we come to salvation in Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and that we have been chosen, right? That he chose us. So we are his sons and daughters because he says so. And I thought, you know, that applies to forgiveness here too, especially when we don't want to. Why do we forgive other people if we don't want to? Why do we do so many of these things even if we don't want to? It's because He says so, right? It's the creation submitting to the Creator because He knows what's best for us. He created us. He designed it that way. And He says, if you'll do it this way, I've got good things on the other side of that for you. All right, let's pray. Father God, um, Lord, we praise you. We praise you today. Hallowed be your name. Lord, you are holy. You are good. You are faithful. You are eternal. You are our Father, Lord. We are so grateful to be your sons and daughters. Lord, I thank you for this time together today. I thank you for each person who's going to listen to this message. Lord, um, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for the way that you forgive us over and over and over again. Lord, would you show us, teach us, change us, help us, Lord, to forgive others as freely as you forgive us. No strings attached, Lord. Learning to love like Jesus, the kind of love that keeps no record of wrongs, the kind of love that forgives. Lord, the kind of love that trusts you to deliver justice on our behalf. Lord, thank you for promising it to us. Lord, please keep teaching us how to pray as we keep going. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, guys, thank you for being here. Uh, If you haven't found us on Facebook yet, I would love for you to do that and connect with us there. Just search The Skinny with Jesus in Facebook and add yourself there. All are welcome. Feel free to invite friends or family who you think might um, might be interested in joining us and might find value here. I would love to have them as well. Until next time, you know I am always praying for you and yours. Bye now.